hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. And we know the truth because we've seen it all. And with me, I have Alex with me from A Town Reviews. And tonight we are actually doing a review for They Live. And it's time to actually kick ass, chew bubblegum. Well, time to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And mama don't like no tattletales. <laughs> and ooh, it's exactly like getting off of a drug. <laughs> 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 and that's right, we just removed our sunglasses. But, anyways, like we said, we are actually doing a review for They Live. I hope that everybody enjoys this review. Uh, this is actually going to be a little bit of a different type of uh, thing that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing a little bit more of a deeper dive into this film because there's just so much stuff from the 19, late 1980s that I want to really tackle in that versus this and what we're going through in today's time. And I'm not going to tackle politics. This is not a show about politics in any way or whatever. But if something is connected into something that I see... I feel like I have to talk about it because that's what I saw. I cannot help what I saw because I, because the glasses actually opened up my eyes. So, <laughs> you know, but with further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with it. So basically this movie starts off with a homeless drifter named Nada. Uh, and he comes to Los Angeles in search of a job while out on the street, he sees a street preacher warning that they have recruited a rich and powerful uh, to control humanity. Uh, Nada finds an employment as a construction site and befriends a fellow construction construction worker named Frank, who invites to live in a shanty town and soup kitchen led by a man named Gilbert. So the opening in itself is actually pretty cool. You have this basically this hitchhiker kind of vibe from the 80s and 90s kind of TV show kind of vibe. Basically, if you don't know what the Hitchhiker series is, it's pretty much this hitchhiker that just goes from town to town and he actually goes on his own little adventures and there are actually ghost adventures and stuff like that that happens in certain towns that he travels through. So this actually feels like a hitchhiker type of film where this lonely drifter just happens to come in. He doesn't have no work, doesn't uh, doesn't really know anybody and she's asking for work and he winds, runs into this construction site and then, of course, he's asking gilbert for a job and then that's of course when he says well this is a union job so what can and so this is actually a blue collar kind of character if you think about it not middle class just an average blue collar person that's trying to make it in the world but what did you think of the opening scene and stuff like that on what you what you saw in the first opening i thought it did a great job kind of setting up the idea of how the working class man is always going to be like down on his luck while the wealthier people are just going to profit off of him. Like, you know, he's, he just wants to live a happy regular life, but he can't even get a job. Like everything get, keeps getting shut down. And at the same time, you know, they keep forcing people to buy stuff, you know, like, Hey, buy this, buy all the, like you, it shows a lot of commercials, a lot of ads, a lot of things like, Oh, you should eat this food. You should buy this. You should be wearing this. I, I was like, I thought it was a good start into setting up for what we were going to see later in the film. Exactly. Because it's all about consumerism and stuff like that in the late eighties. As a matter of fact, I actually did a little bit of research before actually starting this. And I watched the documentary about this where basically 
John Carpenter had a few things about Ronald Reagan and stuff like that and the power of rich and also dealing with commercialism, also dealing with some other political stuff that was going on in the late 80s. And now it's actually came, this is actually, if you think about it, we're living in the times and the documentary of They Live, pretty much. Because, and we'll get into that in a few minutes on why I think that, but or feel that way. But it's pretty much clear on why I feel that way, though, once you actually do a deep dive into a film like this. But, you know, and then, of course, you know, he the only person that actually is his friend that actually wants to be his friend is Frank. And then, of course, we wind up seeing also to this church. And you're thinking that this is like a holy church and stuff like that. There's actually some stuff that's happening in the church. So, you know. Nada just goes into the church to find out what's going on. And then he winds up seeing that the church is actually fake. There's actually a recording and stuff like that. He's not sure how to feel about it. There's actually a recording of uh, one of the church songs is playing. And then, of course, that's whenever he winds up finding the sunglasses. And I like how they actually set that up, though, too, because, you know, there, you see these other churchgoers, they're actually talking to one, one another and stuff like that. They're like, well, we got to push out this product. No, I don't think we need to push out this product. I, I don't think they're ready for it. No, we need to push this product out. So it's like, okay, what is the product? What are they trying to push out? We have that little mystery element. And then also, too, it goes into Roddy Piper where he winds up, uh, when Ada winds up going accidentally leaning on the wall, and then he happens to see uh that there's actually some boxes in the back and it happens to be uh boxes filled with sunglasses and that's when he puts the sunglasses on so i thought that was actually pretty neat how they incorporated the sunglasses and how he actually finds it but also too he runs into then of course he tells frank he goes hey frank this this church is fake he goes look i don't want no problems out of this i don't want nothing to do with it i, I don't care but I, st I thought the chemistry between Frank and Nada was really good, to be honest with you, in the first introduction, even though this is the 1980s, late 80s. So I thought that was actually a good setup. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I always have a soft spot for good friendships in movies. I, I thought they, they genuinely cared about each other. And, you know, looking out for like, I liked how Frank was like, hey, I'll take you to a place where you can get some sleep, get some food to eat. And I was like, that that's really nice. I, I prefer lately I've been preferring seeing friendships over romance in movies. Same. And, and I feel like friendships are just as important. And they should be, especially between two men. We don't see a lot of those in movies, especially when they're not getting to know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you see a lot of real masculine friendships like in this movie, but I appreciate it when you know. People are able to open up to each other, be vulnerable with each other. Like it's always fun to watch. Same here, because it actually gives us something to relate to. And also, too, we actually get to know the character that that way, though, too, because you know, basically Frank is a blue-collar kind of guy, though, too, in a sense, where he's just trying to help somebody out that's in need because right now Nada has nowhere to go. He only has one job, he only has a job, he doesn't have a place to live, he's wearing just the clothes that's on his back, and also the backpack that he has. So it's just good to see an embrace of a friendship being formed when in the first five, 10 minutes of the setup and everything. I thought that was done beautifully, to be honest with you. And I thought that, you know, with that, the chemistry with them just worked. Yeah. 
and you know um as far as uh as far as the church stuff goes what did you think i thought i thought it was cool how it seems like when i first watched it i thought like a drug deal was going on my dad when i watched this with my dad and he didn't tell me what it was going to be about prior so i was like oh man he's going to find out he's going to be stuck in the middle of like this drug cartel or something talking about pushing a product out or maybe like a bunch of <laughs> cultists or something so i thought it was a good i thought that was a good way to like build up his distrust of them at first and then when he actually like puts on the sunglasses it's just that that switch and like oh my gosh it's all real all these conspiracy theories are real it, I thought that was really fun. I thought so too, because I feel like he was, you see, I think we get blinded by certain things that we see and we don't realize what there's actually more to something, mm -hmm. you know, because our vision is pretty much in a veil if you think about it. So therefore we don't see things clearly as what the church saw and things like that. But, you know, I thought that that was a neat aspect to incorporate the sunglasses to show that there was a veil over uh, not his eyes. And now his eyes are actually open. And now that his eyes are open to what he's seeing and he's seeing magazines that's you're dealing with consumers. You're also dealing with sex. You're dealing with a whole bunch of street signs. And then also, too, the neat little thing that they actually have also too the satellite that's on top of the red light. Uh, showing the uh, the waves of the FM radio, basically. Mm -hmm. And this is actually telling people what to do, how what to think, and also causing division among other people, which is also a target towards the media, towards the division of media, and also the rivalry between other people. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I'm going deep. <laughs> <with this. laughs> so Just dive in, keep digging, keep digging. So... You know, and you can actually tell in the writing of John Carpenter on what he was doing that this is actually dealing with the rich. This is actually dealing with other things that was going on in the 1980s with the Ronald Reagan and things like that. He even owned up to that in an interview that I watched before uh, actually doing this review. And I just found it fascinating at how this is actually the closest that we can have to they live in yeah. our time. And also, too... The other thing that I find that was very interesting was the fact that, like I said before, on top of the red light, you actually have the FM radio, stuff like that, and it's also got some division. Then you're also seeing the news reports coming out and everything, and the TV shops of certain things that they're actually talking about with the news, the media, and the setup for that. Then you also have the billboard signs about sex, about trying to produce babies and stuff like that. And then you actually see the skeletons of people's faces and everything that met. And I like the cosmetics of the makeup for its time because it was actually really creepy. If you actually yeah. think about it, looking in through the lenses, I like how they actually go on ahead and incorporate the lenses of what, um, what Nada is actually seeing because I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I, uh, it, they scared the mess out of me when I first saw it. Sex jokes and rock and roll. Sex jokes and rock and roll. Yep. Yep. The essentials. <laughs> it's all you need in life: sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, they used to scare the mess out of me as a kid, especially when I first saw it. And he just turns around, and looks at someone, and like, ah, "You got a problem, pal?" I'm like, "Oh, oh no." But yeah, I thought, I, and I thought that was really cool, just how the whole world goes black and white, and you see everything for what it actually is like oh, just consume 
consume, reproduce, reproducing, you know, just all that stuff. And I was, it was basically what we have going on today. There's a, a lot of similarities. I, I also liked how the the scene where the the police show up and they raid the shanty town, basically destroying yeah. it. But the only thing that remained was a TV that was still playing, and it was just showing the commercial. So that was the only thing left standing in the shanty. And it was basically keeping everyone docile, keep like preventing the the poor people from rising rising up over their greedy overlords. Basically, I, I, I like that little message there. It's like that's that's so true. Me too. And there's also that other thing where people want to be rich, so therefore they'll be sucked into consumerism because they think if they have a Rolex watch, they consider themselves rich mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we actually see that play out in this film film though too because he goes like the guy that they end up showing all them all the way through the building and stuff like that with the tour when we get to that later on he's like yeah we here's the thing we everybody wants to be rich nobody wants to be poor so we have a rolex watch so and then it also has this nice little thing where we can actually go in ahead teleport if you want to teleport it shows a lot of stuff that is really on how we are actually sucked into consumerism because we think if we have a certain thing, it makes us smart, but no, it actually makes us more dumb than what we actually are. Yeah. You know, we think, oh, if we have a new iPhone, that's actually what we need. No, it's a temporary item that we think we need, but we don't actually need it. It's mm-hmm. nice to have, but it's not it, it's not something that we need. But consumerism has sucked us into this thing where we feel like we need to have it. Yep. It's like give them the money. So like, oh hey, if you wear if you wear this coat then you'll be like us. You'll be rich like us. And they're like, okay, I'll buy the coat. And right. all, the only thing you succeeded in doing is giving the rich people more money. And now right. you have less. So you're kind of worse off. It's- right. Exactly. A perfect example is X body spray. You spray it down. You think you're going to get these ads and then women are going to flock over. It's like. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm so guilty of doing that in middle school. Like there, there's those stereotypes of middle school boys just bathing in axe like i yeah it's so true i i saw that commercial once in sixth grade i asked my mom to buy me a can of i think it was the chocolate axe i remember that and i was just <laughs> women will love me now and it's like it did nothing for my personality though so no unfortunately that's like pump up shoes for example right back in the mm. 90s i gotta pump up my shoes <laughs> a little taller <laughs> I could do this now. I could slam dunk. No, you can't, kid. No, you You're can't. only five foot five. <laughs> uh, Brandy Mullen says, "I'll be rich one uh, once my rich uncle gets out of the poorhouse." <laughs> <laughs> mine too. Mine too. But you know, I I think that this movie is very smart at playing what it wants to tell. To be honest with you, and then of course, you know, we wind up seeing uh, the hackers. And everything takes over the television broadcasting, claiming that the scientists have discovered signals that are enslaving the population and keeping them in a dream state. So what did you think about that aspect? Yeah, I, I that, that, that part made sense because I think it was either right before or right after the where they destroy the I think I think it was after they destroy the shanty town. It's yeah. like, you know, it keeps you in the dream state, it keeps you in a in a state of a what's the word complacency complacency yeah you know so like even though their homes were just destroyed a bunch of people are still just sitting there 
glued to the TV, not really mad or sad about it. It was just like, oh, it, you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's life. Right. You know, so I thought it was like, man, it's it like the movie, like, gives you, like, it tells you what's up, and then it gives, does a good job of giving you an example, like, right after. Exactly. And then also, too, another thing, too, I like how the newscasters always on the TV, they give you something sad and depressing. I'm like, and over here, over in a small town in Michigan, a dog saved a little kid, saved little Timmy out of a well. And then we're like, ah. then next thing you know, it moves into another sad, depressing story. <laughs> like, we don't have enough time to actually be happy. Now we're back to moving on to being depressed again. And that's back, exactly back to the depression. Come on. Right. And that's actually how I feel with how they actually rolled it in with the news media part and everything. It's like they're what what they wind up doing is they wind up being sucked into the TV. Someone winds up dying, for example, and then it doesn't give us enough time to reflect on someone that had died before they move on to something that's happy or anything mm-hmm. like that. And then after we moved on to something happy, we don't have enough time to be happy. So therefore now we're actually sad and happy at the same time on different emotions where our emotions are actually dialed and everything. So it's just crazy uh, that the news, yep, the news is now. Yep, exactly. Too much is a serious turnoff. I definitely agree. Um, with this movie, there is some level of cheesiness with it, but it also has a lot of serious sides to it though too. And we'll get to the, some of the cheesy stuff, too, because there's actually a six-minute-long fight scene between uh, Frank and also Nada. Because in the alley, uh, Nada wants Frank to put on the gla- sunglasses because he wants to see that show him that he is blind to what he's actually seeing, and he wants him to, his eyes to be open and everything. And so there's actually this conflict where Frank's like, no, I'm not going to put on the glasses. I saw what you did at the bank. You shot everybody up at the bank and everything. You're wanted. Here. Here's here's the last day's pay. Just gives them the money and everything. And then, then after that, you wind up seeing this whole entire fight scene in six minutes where Rowdy is just trying to put the glasses on Frank and Frank's trying to tell him, no, I don't want to put on the glasses. And not to mention, there's actually police brutality in this movie as well. So therefore, now we also have police brutality in a 1980s movie and stuff like that. So, you know, it goes hand in hand on what we are living in today. Mm. But first rule of Fight Club, we don't talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club, we don't talk about Uh, Fight Club. They did Fight Club before Fight Club was cool. (laughs) But... But, you know, I just thought that John Carpenter's like, you know what, Rowdy, you're a wrestler. You do what you do best. You go on ahead. You show your wrestling moves off. You nail the guy in the nuts and everything. You hit bottom. Then after that, you go down to the floor. Then you're going to act like that you're going to pin them. But guess what? You're not going to pin them because you know what you're going to do? You're going to go on ahead and force that guy to wear sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, oh, is, is Keith David a professional wrestler? No, but he'll be all right. We're paying him. He'll be he'll be fine. Roddy Piper, just go all out. Hit him with this. Hit him with a backbreaker. It's it's fine. I I loved I loved that fight scene so much because it was just it, even though it's six only it's only six minutes. It's like the longest six minutes of my life because there's multiple times in that fight where they're just laying down. I'm like, oh okay, that's the fight, and then they just get up, <laughs> put on the glasses, and I was like, oh oh they got more. Okay. It, what happened? There was one part where 
they get they he like slams his head on the car or something it like breaks the the side hey, view Aaron. mirror off <laughs> hey it breaks the side view mirror off and i'm like okay he's concussed or dead so the fight's over and it's like no we still got three more minutes of this <laughs> I feel like I was watching a pay-per-view match for WWF at that time. Yeah. Like, okay. And now the disqualification match with uh with Frank. Okay. Roddy Piper's down. Frank is over there. He's breathing really heavy. What's going to happen next? Rowdy Powder Piper comes up. And then all of a sudden he goes over to Frank. He goes ahead and he headbites him. But that's not all. He puts him in a headlock. <laughs> then he hits him in the ribs. And then after the ribs, Rowdy goes on ahead and body slams him. And then after that, he puts on the glasses, forces Frank to put on the glasses. And then acting like he's going to pin him, though. Doesn't it look like he's going to pin him the way they actually have he it? He did. I, I think that one of the conditions that I think it, they were WWF at the time, uh, it was like, all right, if you want Roddy Roddy Piper in your movie, you have to promote wrestling in some way. And John Carpenter was like, I got just I the thing. <laughs> a six-minute match. Right. If, if Edge was around during that time, Edge would be showing up just to go in hand and interfere with the match like he does with The Undertaker every single time. But oh, <laughs> that... Uh, just a little tangent there. Edge would be a perfect recast if they rebooted uh, They Live. Ooh. Just have Edge. That would be cool. As as a nada. That would be cool. <laughs> Let's see. Brendan, Brandy Mullins says, well, it's better than Mr. Nanny. Yeah, I do agree. Mr. Nanny is not that great of a film, but Suburban Commando is better than Mr. Nanny, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my own personal opinion. Uh, that's a slobber knocker. <laughs> Oh, he's a slobber knocker. Right. Uh, but then after that winds up happening, he drags Frank across the alley. And he goes, now look, look. <laughs> and Frank's like, you know, really shocked at what he's seeing. Is it the sunglasses, though, or is it the concussion he definitely has? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it might be the concussion. <laughs> it's like, am I really seeing aliens? Or, is, or am I slowly dying? Exactly. And then, of course, we wind up... Then we also see, of course... Uh, we actually have to go back for a minute, though, too. Because that's also, too, when he actually... Go, he ends up kidnapping somebody from the bank and then bringing that person back to his house, back to their house and everything, too. And I thought that was actually uh, something that's kind of funny. I thought the neighbors would actually be calling the cops... And but no, they don't even call the cops. They just look at uh, Rowdy P Piper and everything, and looking at the window goes, hmm, "Okay, that's something new." And then goes back to doing what they're doing. They're not even nosy neighbors or anything like that. And so, you know, that's something that I really have to say that's actually funny. It's like they just go about their business, and here comes uh, Nada in the and what's her name goes inside her house. I think it's uh, Molly. Yeah, Molly. It's Molly. And so, I, yeah, I, she, she bugged me in this movie. She had, you know, she's, yeah. I, I, it's the only movie I could think of where that actress has been in that I, that I've seen, but just every, it, it seemed like she only had one emotion. Like she was not phased by anything. She just like just the whole time. just Oh, what are you going to do to me? 
Oh, help me. Someone help. Like, like she, she just creeped me out. Yeah, she just had like one range of motion. She didn't really have any layers to her or anything like that. She goes, so what are you going to do to me? What, what are you going to do? Um, look, um, I don't know why you had me here, but, you know, I, I need you to go ahead and leave. I'm like, what? Leave now. <laughs> leave now. I'm like, oh, how is she not an alien? <laughs> right? That's something that what? I didn't understand. It's like some of the people that should have been an alien are not aliens, for that matter. Yeah. I'm just like, the, you, a, a large man is basically holding you hostage. You should, like, there should be fear on your face, not just mild annoyance. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, I also feel like, too, like, the part, my, now, the other funny part that I actually have to say is this, when, of course, we see Nada, he's like, so what company do you work for? Oh, I work for a news broadcasting company. And he goes, oh, and he's like, oh, I got to tell everybody about the truth, about what's going on. Next thing you know, it she goes, I can't let you do that. And then next thing you know, she smashes uh, a vase over his head. And then she pushes him out the window. And then she shows up at the church where Frank and them are at. Because, because here's the thing. Frank and also uh, Nada are actually hiding out at this little rundown hotel. So now they're actually trying to figure out who to trust, who not to trust. They have the sunglasses on. And so, you know, at that point, you actually see one of the members from the church act inside the rundown hotel. And then he winds, and of course, is actually one of the guys from the construction company. And he said, hey, look, you need to come to the church and everything. So the way we can discuss what we're going to be doing. There's a new gameplay that we're doing and everything. And we want you involved. So then that's when, of course, they actually go down to, uh, go down to, uh, the church and everything and then guess who we see we see holly and you know we think everything's gonna be all fine and dandy because of the fact that you know they're at a safe place they're in church they're not going to get hurt or anything like that then all of a sudden there's an explosion that happens but before that they take off the sun sunglasses hey look we're not going to use sunglasses anymore you guys got contacts <laughs> contact lenses bro I'm like, wow, you guys updated in like the last couple of hours. You went from sunglasses to contact lenses. But, you know, I just thought that was a little comical aspect to it. Yeah. I, if, if I can backtrack a bit when he yes. still had, a, a, what's her name, at, at, trapped at her house. When she hit him upside the head with the, the, the vase or the champagne bottle or whatever, uh, uh, like, I don't know if you ever tried to break a, a bottle on something. It's actually very hard to do. So to just break it upside someone's head, like I was like, okay, he's definitely concussed now. And then he gets tossed out a window, which is also surprisingly hard to do. I know Hollywood makes stuff like that look easy, but it's hard to just throw yourself out a window. And then he just rolls down this hill forever. <laughs> and I'm and I was just like, this okay, this is like the third time where he was supposed to definitely be dead like he's definitely concussed for should be in a coma his legs are definitely broken like i but he's just like oh that just hurt i'm like roddy roddy piper what a tough guy <laughs> and that, that warehouse scene was crazy i was like all right cool they got a game plan you know they 
they got a squad now. They got contact lenses that won't hurt their heads. So it's like, <laughs> all right, they're ready to go. And then just all the oh, yeah, automatic go, weapons, go. hand grenades, automatic anything. weapons, hand grenades. I'm like, all right, we're going to see a battle. And then just all the police show up and just massive gunfight. I'm like, oh, okay, well, everyone's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, too, you're thinking that Rowdy's going to go on ahead and get a girlfriend at this point because Polly's there. Just, I'm sorry that I hit you with with the uh, champagne bottle. It's okay. You're forgiven. But it's okay. I understand. If I was in your condition, I would hit me too. <laughs> so he winds up uh, forgiving her. And at that moment, you're thinking that they're actually going to make out. You're thinking that there's some kind of connection. And then all of a sudden, the C blockers come in. Which... <laughs> And just uh, go in there and just kill everybody in sight. And this is also another thing of brutality that I was mentioning. Because mm -hmm. we see that last year with certain things that happened and went on with Division and stuff like that. And that's pretty much what happened with this, in a sense. Shoot first. <laughs> on solo. Right. I am I am actually glad, though, that the that their romance was just cut off right there. Because I'm like, all right, it's not believable. Like, oh, this dude that just kidnapped me. Like, I'm not going to be attracted to someone that just kidnapped me and held me hostage in my house. Like, that's that just wasn't believable. So I was like, when I saw them starting to flirt, I'm like, no, no. Like, even though now you guys know you're on the same side, like, from his perspective, she also just hit him upside the head with a bottle and threw him out the window, like basically murdered him. But it's a movie, so he's still alive. So right. Like, yeah, those two just aren't compatible. Just find other people. Exactly. And then, of course, you know, I feel like with them, the chemistry just didn't work at all. I felt like that if they were incorporating a romance with that, with mm -hmm. Holly's character, it felt like it was forced to be honest with you. And I'm glad that was interrupted whenever it needed to be interrupted. And then, of course, we actually, after that happens, he winds up losing Holly. Everybody's then, of course, you know, he's trying to go after her. Now he's trying to go after her. Frank's trying to stop him. He goes, no, she's gone. You need to go on ahead. We need to get out of here. Police are storming. So, of course, they go into the alleyway. And then from the alleyway, you see this amazing shootout in the alley and everything with automatic weapons and everything rowdy's shooting on top of the roof at the cops and then you see the cops in the bottom of the alley and then of course they're hiding at the end of the alley where there's no other opening him and frank frank is dealing with the rolex watch that he actually got from one of the church members that that happened to have one and they're trying to learn how to do the teleportation part and it's actually <laughs> so you know <laughs> it's actually just a broken rolex and everything yeah so what did you? Oh, that, yeah, that 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 was a really cool gunfight, though. I, I I do I did that was really entertaining, especially towards the end when he's like trying to get it to work, and then it finally does. He's like, I don't know, where's it go? I don't know, someplace we don't get shot. Hopefully, is <laughs> like, anytime there's a scene like that, or like just just go, like there's a countdown, go in the hole. It's either you die out here or you maybe die in there, but there's a chance. So just go. It was like, it was stressful. 
it definitely was. That was actually a stressful uh, part because you don't know if that watch was going to work or not. And then all of a sudden the hole opens up, they go into the bottom, and then that's when uh, they go on ahead and they find out how the aliens are actually invading Earth, how they're actually using the satellite signals and things like that. And also, too, then they go into this dinner scene at first. And they walk into this banquet. They're at, Rowdy actually has a handgun. His other friend has, like, a sub-nose uh, gun. And so they both put their guns in their uh, in front of their uh, chest and everything, acting like they're not even carrying a gun. And then all of a sudden, this rich guy comes up to him. He goes, I know why you're here. He goes, I didn't know that they recruited you. We definitely need you on our side. And he's like, it's good to see you. People have always been wanting to be rich. This is why we're here and everything. Nobody wants to be on the bottom of the food chain, basically. But, you know, I thought that was actually an interesting scene. Then also, too, you actually see the corrupt rich person talking and everything. And then, of course, you know, Nada is over there listening to all the BS that he's actually talking. And he wants, you can tell he wants to kill him, but he knows mm -hmm. that he can't kill him. But what did you think of the banquet situation? Yeah. It, it was definitely, that was definitely one of those things this movie brings up that really stood out to me. It's just how we as human beings, we often, at least, at least in our society, like we look out for, for me first, and then maybe we can help other people. That, that seemed to be the common thread that aliens were taking advantage of that inherit not probably not inherit it's something that's taught for for us but it's just like oh you know i gotta look out for me if i get me rich if i'm rich and then, then i can help my fellow humans so the aliens were really taking advantage of that aspect and thought that was a cool thing that this movie brings to light makes you really makes you think about it it's like oh, i should be less selfish Exactly, because they're actually going in through their heads, seeing what their deepest desires are, if you think about it. And like, okay, so they, this person desires to be rich. So therefore, we're going to make him be brainwashed into thinking this is how you need to be in order to be rich. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's what you need. And that goes into consumerism, which also leads into the fact that I can't help anyone that's poor or a blue-collar guy like Nada until I get rich first. Nobody yeah. else can get rich but me. I want to be the first person to be the rich person. Kind of like standing in line in, a, in an Apple iPhone uh, line and saying that I want to be the first person to have your to have the phone. I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, technically you're not the first person because there's other people in front of you that's going to get the phone before you. So therefore, you're not actually the first person to actually have the phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but that's the line of thinking that I was thinking whenever I saw that part, though. And I can't help but see that with the consumerism aspect to it and also dissecting us into knowing what we want and our weaknesses on what we want. Yeah. It's like we all we all just got to yep. bring each other up. That's what we should do. Just bring <laughs> each other up. <laughs> uh, cheers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's talking about the TV series Cheers. Brandy Mullins is. Yep, I could definitely see a little bit of a shears aspect, though, to be honest with you. Um, then, of course, after that happens, he shows the guy actually shows him into another room. Basically, at first, I thought it was going to be an airport because the way it actually sounds, it sounds like an airport. And the sound effects are awesome on this, by the way. Whoever did the mixing for it was good. 
to be honest. Oh, make you yeah. think of the sh- that show B. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was going to be an airport, but instead, it's it is like an airport in a sense because they're actually transporting uh, the aliens back over to their planet. Mm-hmm. So I thought I like that little sci-fi aspect to it. I thought that was cool too. I I, I kind of wanted it to like give us a quick little glimpse of uh, their planet, like what that possibly looks like. Like, do they have the same type of like consume, obey? Do they have the same kind of stuff on their planet, or is that just something specifically for us? Like, just this, like you know, a quick minute or two of what it looked like. Uh, I would really like to see that. What I'm thinking is it might not be considering the fact we're so glued into it and therefore they're trying to learn and study us to the mm-hmm. point where I feel like they're like, okay, well, they're so glued into consumerism and glued into their own television sets, too busy to even notice what's going on around them to the point where we don't need that stuff. We don't need yeah. con- that. And therefore I'm thinking that when they're teleporting them, they're telling other people of other alien life forms probably like you know what they're completely different than what we are they're glued into all this materialistic stuff and while our planet doesn't have anything so therefore you know i could see it going on that that end of the spectrum mm-hmm. also so, are they are they technically shape changers or shapeshifters because because uh one of the people the one of the church people was saying how they like they would go to a planet and basically just dry up all its resources and then move on. They're capitalist. And I'm like, so like, do they do this with the whatever the main species is of that whatever particular planet they're on, or is it just us? Maybe maybe they didn't give maybe they didn't give that much thought when they were make into that aspect yeah. when they were making the movie. But uh, I was just wondering. you're making me think though because I think that. You can use something up until it's totally gone to the point mm-hmm. where it's actually useless. So maybe the fact that they actually need something to where they actually need to survive. And yeah. once they actually use it up, use that resource, they move on to the next thing mm-hmm. and use that up. So that's just my line of thinking. It's kind of like Avatar in a sense where basically all that after all that energy is done, and everything there's nowhere else to have that energy life form so therefore that energy is now dead yeah that's what i've got out of it but that's just me thinking on a sci-fi aspect level (laughs) but (laughs) but you know you have my wheels turning on that aspect though um then of course too there's also another scene in the bank and stuff like that too where you basically they're snitches telling on other people about what their people's eyes are open and stuff like that i know i'm jumping back a little bit but you know i just wanted to throw that part in there and also to the metal hot metal hot i'm not even going to say it metal hot i, I can't for, say the word from formaldehyde that's it formaldehyde formaldehyde yeah there you go thank you <laughs> but you know then after that they go in from the space center in outer space and then they go into the newsroom and then that's, of course, where all the confusion, the separation, and the society and stuff like that happens inside that newsroom, if you think about it, because they're actually the people that are actually talking about mm. it. And then I liked how the guy goes, well, all of a sudden you see Rowdy going, well, thank you for helping us. And then he winds up shooting the guy that's soundproof and everything, too. And then once you actually see that part, 
that's when, of course, they wind up shooting the news anchor people. <laughs> Evil alien news anchors. They, there is a lot of a lot of gun violence in this movie where it's just like, ah, even though I know he's shooting at aliens, but, you know, just after the past few years that we've been having in the U.S., this is like seeing those scenes where he's just shooting at the aliens. I was just like, ah, yeah, getting bad vibes. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, they're going through this whole entire office, though, shooting everybody and things like that. And then finally, guess who they find, run into after they shot everybody up inside the building? They find Holly. And Holly goes, yeah, I know where it's at. I know where the satellite's at. It's it's on the top, at the very top of the floor. It's upstairs. I was like, you you nailed it. You got it. Right. That's bad. I was just like, can you do something to show like like there's people being shot all around you? Like, can I see like oh and Finch, she's just oh no. This just happens every day. You know, it's it's, it's part of the consumerism part. It's Tuesday. <laughs> It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's not Taco Tuesday. It's just uh, kill everybody. Kill everyone but, Tuesday. Kill everyone Tuesday. Taco Taco Tuesday is so overrated. Kill everybody Tuesday. That's the right way. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Not Taco Tuesday. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know. And then finally he gets on. To, then it goes into Nada going up to the very top of the building, and then poor Frank is down on the lower level where Holly is and then Holly winds up shooting him and then I'm like I'm just like yes we finally have a good black person that has a good chemistry with another person and stuff like that and then all of a sudden he dies I'm like this sucks Such. Then, oh, th sorry that made me so mad I'm do. like you don't even like see get to see him die you just no. see the, hear the gun go off and I'm like did they really just kill Keith David in such a cheap way I just totally ruined it almost ruined the whole movie for me because I really liked him and I'm like oh he doesn't even get like a heroic death he just gets shot in the back yeah. of the head exactly because they should have done him a, a lot a lot of justice to be honest with you especially mm -hmm. the way he got introduced into nada the way that he was actually perceived through the whole entire movie basically you have a good friendship and then it just gets wasted. Yeah, and everything on a as a cut to another angle shot of Nada looking at the satellite dish, and then Holly comes up. She goes, "I killed your friend. If you don't, if you don't stop, and if you stop and destroy that satellite, I'm gonna have to kill you." And Rowdy goes on. It just you need to drop your weapon. She, he drops the gun, and then all of a sudden he has another gun hidden. So he goes on ahead and shoots the satellite. The helicopters arrive, and then they wind up shooting uh, Rowdy Piper down. But not before he actually ends up shooting Holly down. And then, of course, once the satellite is um, gone, then everybody's eyes is actually open. Which just, uh, to me, I thought that was actually pretty cool. Now everybody sees them who, for who they are. Mm-hmm. It's like a wolf in uh, cheap's clothing. Yeah, yeah, that that was a trippy scene. Everyone was just turning like, oh, what's wrong? But it, it, I like it was funny to me how the movie was like, oh, 
isn't it a surprise that this lady is really one of the aliens like she's a traitor and i was like no she was acting like an alien the whole movie right <laughs> i was could... like it's probably oh that's probably how the cops knew where to go to that warehouse where all the other rebels were spaghetti wednesday yes Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. I, I want I want spaghetti now. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that comment. I want lasagna. <laughs> oh lasagna. All right, we're now changing this from a they live to review to a lasagna spaghetti appreciation video. Welcome. Welcome everybody. They live for spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't like I was just like, okay, yeah, she's definitely the traitor. But I thought right. it was I thought it was funny how easy it was. Well, there's a few things I found funny about that. I was like, I thought it was really convenient how the city they were in just so happened to be the city that can control the, the, that that's the satellite that controlled the whole world. I'm like convenient. And then also like all it took for him to destroy it was to just shoot it with a little pistol <laughs> and it just blows up. And I'm like, right. Oh, oh that was, it'll be funny. Like if Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith just shows up with those big guns it's like, here comes uh, Nada. Just don't worry about that, Tommy. Don't worry about the J and K. I got this. I got this. Pulls pistol. Pulls pistol. Just the Shoots one pistol. It. Game over. <laughs> I was like, what kind of gun does Roddy Roddy Piper have? <laughs> the Piper's but, pistol. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I thought. To be honest with you, I'm gonna be. This is as honest as I can be. Like when I was, and I told you this before we started. Like the first time I saw this movie was over the weekend, trying to get through it, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of rough. Then finally, I got. Some, I think it was because of the fact that I was tired because throughout mm -hmm. the week. So I gave it another shot yesterday, and then that's whenever I made the connectivity with everything that was going on today and stuff like that and just falling more falling in love with this movie a little bit more yeah. and everything than what i did when i was try first trying to view it and this movie is makes you think on a psych psychological aspect and also makes you think on a science fiction aspect and also too yes it has cheesy dialogue yes it's a 19 late 1980s movie but underneath the surface of it all and stuff like that there's a lot of meat to digest, especially mm -hmm. whenever he, like I said before, when you look at John Carpenter, he was dealing with a lot of stuff from the Reagan administration and stuff like that. And this is actually true. If you actually watch the documentary and stuff like that, or the little clip that I've watched on YouTube, just type in John Carpenter, they live. And there's actually the, and they, that's the little clip that I watched. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that. It, it, it definitely it definitely is pretty cheesy. Like, I, I, I like how deep it is, like the, the messaging. all It gives you a lot to think about. But it's just it's just there are moments in the movie where it's just like, by the way, it's also pretty cheesy. And just, uh, there's just some some lines in this movie or like things that would happen, like Roddy Piper just unable being able unable to die, at least until the end but uh but just some of the lines really just took me out of it i was like oh this is a very intelligent movie and then a character will say something and i'm like what like <laughs> this one line i have to bring it up because it just it, it just i had to pause the movie after hearing it. He, he was talking to frank and frank's like what's going on and 
not as just like life's a bitch and she's in heat. And I'm like, pause. <laughs> why? <laughs> like, why, 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 why did that have to be in there? Like, I know what he's trying to say, like, oh yeah, life's hard and it's trying to kill us. I, I, I get it. But that's the line they went with. Like, we need him to say something, something really cool. And that's what they picked. And I, <laughs> And I was talking to my wife about it. I'm like, I felt, we felt like it was something someone wrote down and was like, this would be really funny if this made it into the movie. And then John Carpenter, whoever was just like, actually, that is really funny. Let's put it in. (laughs) It just took, it just took me out of the movie. I was just like, oh, that, that was weird. The only exception I have is the bubble gum quote that, that as, as silly as that sounds, it, it worked. I love that. I love that line and it needs to stay. Oh, I don't think I can hear you. Oh, I said, uh, I said, yeah, that line is actually pretty cool, though. It's pretty badass if you think about it, because it's like it's time to kick ass and chew some bubble gum and I'm all out of bubble gum. (laughs) And it's perfect. It's right on the nose. It's not it knows that that line was not forced to me. And it's also on a line on Duke Nukem. And everything too so they used some of the lines from this movie over to duke nukem which i thought was actually pretty cool um and everything uh, let's see brandy says it's like beer you might not like it at first but uh first bit but the more you try it the better it can be <laughs> <laughs> it might be the cricket gun <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, beer i'm still working on getting an acquired taste for it I like ciders. Uh, Sam Adams is actually a great one. If you want to, if you want to try that out, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try some. I'll try some Sam Adams. Some patriotic. <laughs> patriotic hey, it's beer. Boston beer. It's it's <laughs> one of my favorite beers from Boston. So, but anyways, is there any other final thoughts that you would like to mention about this film and everything on what it meant to you? Meant meant to you from watching it or anything like that? I, I I definitely think this is a good movie. Uh, like we talked about a lot, it's it's very deep. Like when you when you watch it at first, it might just seem like oh you know an '80s action, '80s sci-fi action movie. But like when like really think about it, 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 it has a lot. It has a lot to tell. It, it, it's a critiquing a lot of things about humanity. And you know I like I like movies like that. That sometimes you know you know. Sometimes we need our butts kicked and sometimes movies throw a few punches at us. And I feel like we need that sometimes. And I, this movie's a good uh, eye opener for, for people. I feel like, cause I, I know after I finished watching it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go outside and, and read a book or something. <laughs> <laughs> turn off, turn right. off all the ads. It does make my- you like, you know what? Right. It's like, yeah, now I'm good and depressed. It's time to read a book. Matter yeah. of fact, spe- speaking of reading a book, John H. Mudgett has a book <laughs> called Crazy Is As Crazy Does, A Life of a Serial Killer. Go on and check that on, out on Amazon. So there you go. <laughs> but um, I definitely have to agree. I mean, this is on a deep level of thinking whenever you watch this film. This movie is entertaining. It has some of its funny moments. It has cringy dialogue. It has cringy characters like Holly. Um, but Overall, it's a fun time and everything. I definitely enjoy it. 
but yeah, I definitely would go on ahead and uh, recommend it for somebody who hasn't seen it or, or is into 1980s films and stuff like that. So yeah. Or if you're a fan of professional wrestling and That's you know it. who Roddy Roddy Piper is, because anytime I see a wrestler in a movie, I just want them to succeed. I like because I, I grew up loving wrestling, so it's just like I know this guy. I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Alex, uh, where can everybody follow you at if they want to go on ahead and subscribe to your channel? Uh, you can subscribe to my channel at Eight Town Reviews. It's A Dash Town Reviews, or you can follow me on Twitter at Eight Town Alex and the number three. And I'm also on Instagram at A Town Alex and the number three again. I don't know why it keeps being a three, but it's a three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, another thing too that you need to do for both of our channels is this: there's actually a little bell on the right hand side that lets everybody know when we have new content coming up or when we're about to go live and all that other good stuff. So go ahead, smash that bell on his channel and also smash that bell on my channel to let you know when we have new content coming out. Because other than that, you're subscribed to our channel. It's like, well, I subscribe to Movie Lovers Unite, but I don't see anything on their channel. What's up with that? Well, what's up with that is you need to smash that share, that uh, button over there with the bell. That's what you need to do. So smash that, uh, smash that bell until it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need to do and also smash it over to a town reviews go ahead visit him he has some great content over there and everything As a matter of fact i've watched one of his new videos check that out he ended up doing a little small independent film and everything review on that so go ahead give him a like smash that share button smash that like button smash that subscribe button smash that bell and also too for me Go ahead, smash that like, smash that share, smash that subscribe button, and also smash that bell as well. Of course, you guys can go on and get, go on ahead and get your audio only podcast of where what did we do here, Movie Lovers Unite, where we guys get your podcast from. But if you're also someone that likes listening to podcasts, I strongly recommend that you download Good Pods. Good Pods is a great place for people that have podcasts, or if you like, or somebody that. Uh, just likes listening to podcasts. It gives us an idea of what you like and what you don't like and everything. Also, too, it lets you rate individual episodes. So, therefore, you can actually give us a five-star rating or you can just tell us that we suck and we need to work on some new stuff. So, <laughs> but I prefer a five-star rating with a good review. But still, um, go on ahead, check that out over there. And, of, of course, guys, do us this favor. We actually have a charity going on with Cincy's right now. As a matter of fact, I teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast and with St. Jude's Hospital. All the proceeds go over to St. Jude's. So get yourself with Cincy, support St. Jude's Children's Hospital for cancer. It goes to a good cause for that charity. So click the link below. Also too, tomorrow night, I have my good friend Frenchie coming back on the show tomorrow. And we actually did a little bit of a game show last night. So check that out from last night's show. But he'll be back tomorrow night when we're going to be talking about franchises that overtaken their uh, well. So that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow night. So we might actually talk about Transformers or somewhere around that area, Fast and the Furious. I don't know. The list just goes on for uh, different franchises. So then, of course, you guys can go on and follow me on Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And then, of course, if you're a sponsor or like to get in touch with us on Movie Lovers Unite, just go on ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And for all your entertainment needs and wants, just go to movieloversunite.com forward slash Wix. 
And that's everywhere that you guys can follow at, follow us at. And of course, follow us on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV, Lovers Unite, and on Instagram and on Pinterest underneath the same brand name. And that's everywhere that you guys need to know. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you, Brandy, for showing up and commenting. Thank you, Brandy Shank, for commenting as well. And Arrow Gant also has a YouTube channel, which I'll probably try and put that in the descriptions afterwards. Um, then, of course, thank you to John Mudgett. I do appreciate you uh, coming on the show last month or a couple of weeks ago talking about your book. So always until next time, it's been real. It's been fun. Can't wait to do this again. Bye-bye.